Making Monsters with Taylor Dahl. It's like beer and brats. A perfect combination. You know the deal. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Making Monsters. We are continuing on uh, these off-season series now that uh, Chicago's in uh, another f- some familiar territory yet again with some quarterback controversy. Um, I feel like every few years we're dealing with that, but I just want to... Uh, Talk a little bit more about Justin Fields because most people that listen to my podcast know I am very pro Justin Fields, pro keep Justin, build around Justin, um, but it is kind of split in Chicago. So I wanted to talk to somebody who ha- had been around him, who was there his rookie season, um, and that is why today I'm joined by Coach John D. Filippo. Thank you so much, Coach, for hopping on with me. Hey, thanks for having me. It, it, anytime, uh, I, I loved my time in Chicago, and uh, it's a special place, and, and I'm hoping whatever decision they make, they uh, – they get it right because the the Bears fans are due for some good quarterback play. <laughs> no, I agree. Uh, so obviously, everybody listening, uh, Coach, you now are a part of the UFL uh, for the Memphis Showboats, and um, but most people will probably recognize your name from your time in Chicago or your time in Jacksonville or your time in Philly. Uh, but you were the co- the quarterback coach for Chicago in 2020, and then the passing game coordinator um, and QB coach in 2021, which is obviously Justin Fields' rookie season. So that's why uh, that brings us here today. Uh, let's start a little little bit from the top coach uh the way that offseason went was really interesting because uh Mitchell Trubisky came in late 2020 season won three of five games to get the Bears into the playoffs that that season I don't think many people thought that was going to happen with the way it felt mid-season but they they did it um they got there which made for an interesting next few months because there was questions of what to do with Trubisky um they obviously mid-March ended up signing Andy Dalton unknowing Justin would fall and they'd be able to trade up and snag him. But let's start there. Were eyes on Justin Fields during that whole draft process during that, uh, during that off season and hopes to being able to get him? Yeah. I mean, he was definitely a guy we were really, really high on. Um, you know, Justin is a, first off, Justin's a ter- terrific human being. Um, and then you watch him play he yeah, has just such a unique skill set. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of runners, quarterbacks that are I don't ever want to call a guy a running quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a service to the player. I think that he's a quarterback that has a that these quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, these guys, they're quarterbacks that have a special trait mm-hmm. to them that they that they can take off and go. So I don't like to use the term a running quarterback with with any of these young men. Um but especially Justin, I mean, the difference between Justin and some of these other guys is the strength that he plays at. I mean, you look at him, he's got a big lower body. He's mm-hmm. a strong guy. He's a big, strong guy. And, um, you know, he's, you know, there's times I had, we had to really, really kind of talk to him about, you know, we need you to play quarterback, not running back. There's times yeah. you need to go down, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And uh, so, and he learned that, you know, watching him this year, he's, he's matured as a player in terms of, you know, when he's going to take his chances running the football and when he's going to, you know, dish it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was we, – we had – yes, Justin was a guy we had our eye on for a long time. I thought Matt Nagy and, and Ryan Pace did a really good job, even with the coaching staff, keeping it pretty hush-hush on, on who we were going to go with. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and everyone gave Justin a very high grade. You know, um, you know myself, Bill Lazor, uh, we all had high grades on Justin. And, and obviously, you know, we were thrilled when we drafted him. 
yeah, I definitely I was very excited. It's one of the days, one of the draft days that I won't ever forget because obviously being here in Jacksonville too, both Trevor Lawrence, the Jags get Trevor Lawrence, and then the Bears got Justin Fields, and I was super excited about both of those. Um, tell us a little bit. Fast forward training camp uh, and the Bears plan during that time. Was it always an idea to the idea to let Justin Fields sit? Um, to start out, you know, kind of behind Andy Dalton, or was there an actual battle and that decision came a little later into camp? No, no. That, our, our our thought process the whole time was, was for the most part for Justin to learn year one. And that's why we signed Andy. And, you know, Coach Nagy had been in Kansas City mm-hmm. uh, where Patrick Mahomes had sat for a year behind Alex Smith. And, you know, I, I know I don't want to quote, you know, the guys at the Chiefs, but I've heard them say to me that, 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 you know, they thought that was very beneficial to Patrick and Patrick thought that was very beneficial for Patrick. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was, uh, that was our kind of our blueprint. And unfortunately Andy went down, I think it was week two against the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, you know, um, Justin had to come in and play and uh, it was a freak injury on our sidelines. Andy kind of just slipped on that on right off the sideline they have like a mat where mm-hmm. it, it, his foot slipped and his knee buckled a little bit and um non-contact injury and so justin had to come in and play earlier than than we expected but you know like it's like anything like you know is as, as as a quarterback coach that i was that year and as a backup quarterback you know there's a legit shot that that guy is going to play at some point during the season and you look at how many number twos and how many even number threes and fours played this year mm-hmm. in the NFL? Yeah. So that that position has become so much more um, important with with the injuries that some of these guys have, and um, so yeah. But that was the plan all along was to was to to the, the Chiefs' blueprint kind of to sit him, but it just didn't work out that way. Yeah, and we're seeing a lot of times. You just mentioned the Patrick Mahomes uh, that comparison because we are seeing the benefits and being able to for these guys to be able to sit, um, especially if they're behind a quarterback that they can learn from. And that, that kind of brings me to some recent stuff because there's some recent reports that have come out um, just within the last week or two, um, saying some stuff about Justin Fields and from that rookie season, more like locker room type stuff. And in these reports, they pretty much said that Justin did did not take to learning or being mentored by Andy Dalton or Nick Foles. Reports that said that he wanted to learn his own way. That was the quote from it, um, which they, like I said, just reports from this saying that brought some tension into the quarterback room. Was that something you remember at all? Um, you know, not really. I, I never felt any tension in that room. I mean, there was some tension when the, you know, when things weren't going so well, like mm-hmm. there always is. Yeah. In any NFL building, there's always some tension when you're when you're not winning football games, and you know guys' jobs are on the line, coaches' jobs are on the line. There's always that, you know, a little bit of tension there. But you you try to do the best you can and be a pro and block those things out. Uh, I never one time, you know, uh, really observed Justin being, you know, like he was never that way with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was always very wanted to learn and and was in coach very coachable in my mind. So, um, you know, I, I don't know how much stock I would put into those reports, yeah. but, um, you know, if there was something there that I didn't know, maybe there was, I don't know, not, but everything I observed in that room and obviously I was in there every day running it. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's nothing that I saw. 
And that's what, when you go back to that season, I feel like, like you said, he kind of got thrown into, I, I believe week three was his first full start. And that was a rough one because he, um, Cleveland's defense was all over Justin Fields that game. But I feel like you steadily saw progress. And I almost felt like his coming out game against the Steelers. And I was so upset because I felt like a, a lot of people felt like the refs kind of took that game away from him because there was some bad calls, especially with, um, uh, Cassius Marsh and all, all of that Ooh. situation. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit. Was that a game where you felt like you saw Justin Fields and what he was capable? Was that one of the first games there, you remember seeing? No that? question. Yeah. To me, I agree with you. That was his coming out party. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm with you. I mean, that whole Cassius Marsh thing was bizarre. It, that was just absolutely bizarre. And in my opinion, a referee thinking that he's more important than the game, but that's just one man's opinion on that, on that ref. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, that being said, uh, Justin played fantastic that game. Um, he was accurate. He was throwing it well on the run and <laughs> people forget now that's, that's at Pittsburgh on Monday night football. Yeah. Okay. So that's a pretty big stage, you know, to, yeah. to, 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 to have that type of performance. And so, um, yeah, we, we, we were looking to build off that game and, uh, I thought he played fantastic that night, and 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 got us. It got us all real excited. It was definitely uh, during that time you just felt like he was comfortable with the offense, and it's something that I think I, I th- he ended up getting hurt a game. I think the next game, unfortunately, which is uh, seems to. Um, have affected, honestly, what we feel like we should have seen from Justin. I just feel like we haven't been able to see the full development of maybe what people have wanted to see because um, of some of the injuries and because of some of the other things that have surrounded him. But, Coach, let's talk about that a little bit. And Justin Fields and, and the player he is, you you mentioned all of the strengths that he does have. Um, and now there's these the questions of what the Bears should do if they trade him and they draft Caleb or Drake. And what are your thoughts on that situation? Do you think that – the Bears have seen enough from Justin, or do you think it, they should hit that reset button? I, I think they've seen enough. Whether it's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to speculate because I'm not in the building every day, and that's kind of a coach's creed is you don't comment too much of the personal dealings inside the building. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not there. Um, but I, I would, I, I'm going to tell you about my experience and what I'd be thinking if I was the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say yes. This, there has been enough time to see whether you believe he can be a franchise quarterback or not, whether they, whether that means they keep him or whether that means they trade him or whatever happens. I do think, yes, I do think three seasons is a, is a, is a fine sample size for um, any, not just Justin, but for any quarterback, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of, because there's, there's so many things that go on outside of what people see in terms of, how people view you as a franchise quarterback or not. Like, do you, I'm, I'm going to talk about, I'm not, I'm not, I'm talking about any quarterback here. I just want to make that clear. Yeah. Okay. I'm not talking about Justin Fields here. Does, does a kid love football? Okay. Is he obsessed? Is, playing quarterback in the national football league is not a job. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. Does he have that quarterback lifestyle? Does he live, breathe and eat football? Is football on his mind 100% of the time, or maybe let's say 95%. And then 5% of the time you're out there doing some of the things that your agent wants you to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, what's this, what does this young man do in terms of when he's in the building? Okay. Does he, sh- is he sh- show up early guy or is he the last guy in the building? The first to leave or is he grinding it out with the, you know, watching the third down table more time after practice? Um, how does this young, how does the young man interact with his teammates in the locker room? Has he earned the respect of his teammates? 
you know, that's a, another huge piece of, of being a franchise quarterback. And not everyone has to be Phillip Rivers and Drew Brees and, and Peyton Manning and, and these guys where you're rah, rah, rah. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of really good quarterbacks that have led by example and, and maybe a, a little bit more of a quiet leadership. So the leadership to me is, is everyone wants to talk about being rah, rah all the time. I've been around a lot of really good quarterbacks that have not been that way and their teammates respect them equally as much. So those are just some of the questions that, like, I know from year one with Justin. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it went year two and year three because I wasn't there. But the, I'm a, like I said, those are questions you would ask whether you're evaluating Trevor Lawrence or mm-hmm. Justin Fields or, or Lamar Jackson or whoever, you know, Patrick Mahomes, anybody. Those are questions that you ask and you evaluate. And every piece of that goes into the decision-making process on whether what this next decision is going to be. Yeah, and I know I know it's not easy for them, and we've we've heard from Kevin Warren, we've heard from Ryan Poles, we've heard from Coach Eberflus, and they all they all talk about how much they love and appreciate Justin, and how much the locker room loves Justin. But like you said, there's many parts that go into that. It's just not it's not the locker room doesn't want Justin to go, and that's why they make their decision. There's a lot that play into that. So if if Coach, if you were to pluck Justin and drop him into the perfect system that you feel like fits his his strengths and skill sets the most, what type of offense do you see him being able to be most successful in? Well, I, I think, you know, I, I think Justin's at his best. You got to run him a little bit. Yeah. You have to have some quarterback design runs. And, and I'm not saying you need to, to, to major in that or, or play a single wing or something of that nature, but you have to let him, you have to design three or four runs for him a game. Mm-hmm. And then the thing that people don't understand is, a lot of times other runs come naturally. If it's third and four, he's going to take off and go, you know, at least once or twice during the game, third and eight, he's going to take off and go. So not only that, you're going to, you're going to have three or four design quarterback runs and then others are going to just happen naturally throughout the course of the game through situational football. And, but to me, somebody that uses his athletic skill set and, and like, and, and like anything, I don't, I'm not, again, just not talking about Justin Fields, like any quarterback, you have to have people around you. Yeah. You do. Yeah. You, you do. I mean, I, there's very few, you know, guys right now or if ever that could do it and put the team on their back and just, and just go and roll. It's yeah. just, it, it's, it's hard to do. The defenses nowadays are too good. Players are too good. You got to have some help and um, help from the coaches and the players. Yeah. Well, and I think that's one thing that I don't think anybody can deny when they're watching Justin Fields and what we've learned about Justin these last three seasons, his toughness, and that's talking about mentally and physically. He just, you feel, you've gotten the sense that he, he's a very tough guy, a very tough player. He he cares about the game, and you see that um, when he's playing. You see that when he's on the sideline. How much does that weigh into the decisions when, when planning what to do with a quarterback and some of those things that you were saying earlier that also play into it? Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else. 
and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, I mean, it's going to play a lot into it. I mean, it's just, you got to have, like I said, you got to have some help and you got to have, you know, you got to have people that can get separation on when pe- teams are playing man. You got to be able to win a, a slant against man coverage. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you got to be able to do those things. That's NFL football. So you just got to be able to do those things. And, and um, yeah, I have, I did not watch the bears every week, so I, I can't, you know, critique or, or do anything. I, when they were on TV, I watched them and, mm-hmm. and if they weren't, I didn't, but uh, you know, it's um, you, you got to have a little bit of help. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that's something we've definitely seen the last few seasons. And them adding DJ Moore last season was really exciting for the Bears because him and him and Justin pretty much immediately formed a connection, and it was really fun to watch. But one of the things going back, Coach, because you were in Philly uh, the Super Bowl year, and it, so we constantly hear people say it's not easy. It's not easy making it to the Super Bowl. It's not easy winning the Super Bowl. But when you go back and you watch seasons like that, just how much, in addition to building a roster and hoping players stay healthy and um, all of that plays into this, but also just all of the other factors throughout the season, how difficult is it? Is it even to able to put into words how hard it is to get all the way and win it? It's it's as close to impossible as it gets in football. I mean, there's 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 about six plays throughout the course of the season that you know usually three of them bounce your way and and, and three of them don't. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. <laughs> that usually you know you know the year we won it in Philly, all six six of those plays you know decided that you know bounced our way. You got to be really good, okay? Which we were. You got to be really really good, and you got to be a little bit lucky. Yeah, you have to be a little lucky, and um lucky with scheduling lucky if somebody if a quarterback on the other or a really good player on the other team goes down in your division um you know the ball has to bounce your way a bunch of different ways and uh, it did for us that year but on top of it we were really good we had really good players mm-hmm. uh we had players that believed in our scheme we had coaches that believed in our players and it was just it was a, a pretty magical deal and i'm gonna be honest with you like i I told one of my buddies, you know, about week 12, I said, we're going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> you could just feel it. Yeah. You know, you could just feel we, we were there and, you know, there was buy-in from everybody. Yeah. I mean, and it started with Jeffrey Lurie and who was not a good owner. He's a great owner. And, and it just starts at the top with him. And um, there's a reason the Eagles been good for a long time. Definitely. And that was a very fun Eagles team to watch. And I think that most of the world was cheering for Philly that year, um, maybe other than their division opponents. Um, but <laughs> I feel like everybody else was like ready for some change. And they're like, all right, let's see Philly win this. Um, Coach, how familiar are you with Shane Waldron? Obviously, this is a new hire for offensive coordinator for the, Bear, the, for the Bears. Are you familiar with him? I know Shane. Yep, I know Shane. Uh, he, does, he did a really good job. Got Geno Smith back on track. Mm-hmm. And, uh you know, very similar situation to Justin. I mean, you know, Gino had some players around him again. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and yeah. had, had a little bit of help. And they ran the ball a little bit. And, you know, all all, the, all that stuff that, like I said, you need. And I thought Shane did a really good job of, of, of maximizing that. 
Yeah. What about uh, Coach Eberflus and just the the sense of and and the type of league we're in now, the pass heavy league, offensive heavy league, having a defensive head coach. Um, are there benefits of that still? Because I think we did see some of that last season with how much the defense improved throughout the year. Yeah, I, I you know I, I being an offensive coach, you know, I obviously Coach Eberflus has done a good job wherever he's been. Um, you know, and, and obviously had a little bit of a challenge there early on with with the Bears. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm not really into defensive coach, offensive coach. You know, there's so much more that goes into being a head coach in professional football mm-hmm. than what side of the ball to work on. Um, it's, to me, it's leadership. It's being yourself. There's a lot of things that go into it. And so that's kind of how I feel about that. Yeah, and that's why I feel like a lot of people criticized the Bears initially when making that move just because they knew Justin Fields was um, still in the process of being developed and things had to kind of be worked on. But I think there is a a sense of having that opposite side of the ball to give kind of Justin a different perspective when learning certain things. Um, I, I love I like Matt Eberflus. I think what he was able to do with the defense was really fun last season. And when you're a Bears fan, you just you love a good defense. So it's just a, a part of like what we cheer for. Um, let's let's transfer over to your current role. I, I mentioned earlier you are now at the for the UFL uh, head coach for Memphis in the UFL, which obviously USFL XFL they merged, making the UFL. Um, that's what we're calling it now. So how has it been navigating that, this merging and bringing in your experience from both the NFL and the college football level? Yeah, um, it's been, it's been a whirlwind a little bit, but, but in a good way. Yeah. I mean, I mean that very positive. It's, uh, I got this job a little bit late, you know, because no one knew how this merger was going to play out. And unfortunately my team got, you know, got, was not a team that made the merger. Uh, and we had a very, very, you know, very good season last year. We had the second best record in all of spring football in both leagues. So, um, it was unfortunate that that we didn't make it. We did, our team didn't make it, but I jumped at the opportunity to coach the Memphis team. I'm thrilled to be here. I just got to Arlington, Texas today. Um, you know, drove you know 16 hours from right down at your neck of the woods in Atlantic Beach, Florida. And mm-hmm. um, so you know, it, we're excited. We're excited. And, you know, this league, we have the backing of both you know ESPN and Fox now, mm-hmm. and you know Redbird Capital, and and so I, this thing's going to work, and, and there's a lot of good players in this league. There's a lot of good coaches in this league, and we have our hands full, just like it, you should every week in professional football. And that's what makes the NFL so great is mm-hmm. the, the term of any given Sunday, and it's we hoping that trickles down to our league. What are for some of the people that maybe are not familiar with uh, the UFL or even maybe not, weren't with the USFL or XFL, what are some of um, some of the biggest differences and rules between those leagues and the NFL? Well, we kick off in the 20. Okay. We, we, the, our, our, our brass in our league wants to see returns. So as an offensive coach, you like that because normally you're getting the ball anywhere between the 35 and 38-yard line on mm-hmm. a kickoff return. So that, that's, that, that's good. So they, they try to set up more scoring. And then um, this is a, something that's new to – this was an XFL rule last year that got adopted in our league. Uh, there's no extra point kicks. So if you want to oh. – you know, your, your, your one-point drives from the two – your two point tries from the five, and then you can go for three from the 10. Wow. Um, and so, yeah. And then if you're tied or behind in the fourth quarter, you can get a fourth and 12 from the minus 28 for your, instead of kicking an onside kick, just because the percentages of getting that are higher than, than, you know, your 2% chance or 3% chance of getting a, a normal onside kick. So um, now the drawback of that is if you don't get it, the opposing team's offense gets the ball. They an incomplete pass. They get on. They get it on their plus twenty-eight. Or wow. let's say you take a sack. They get it. You know, so you get, took an eight-yard sack. They get the ball on the plus twenty, first and ten. So 
obviously there's some risk there as well to, for that play, but um, it should create a couple of new exciting rules. Yeah, I like that, especially the return. I feel like in the NFL, we're almost seeing part of the return game go away. Um, so it's fun that they're they're keeping it alive, especially obviously recently the Bears just Devin Hester getting into the Hall of Fame was a big thing in Chicago. And that's something that I think that we we miss being able to see those big returns in moments like that. Right. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. He deserves being Hall of Fame. I, yeah. It was quality control for the Giants. I think it was either 2005 or 2006. And we're playing them on Sunday Night Football um, at home in, in old Giants Stadium. And we're getting ready. It's right before halftime. You probably remember this game being a huge Bears fan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's right before halftime. And uh, all of a sudden, we, we, we decided to kick a long field goal. And, <laughs> and I, oh, yes. Every, every, I see Devin Hester with his with his heels on the back of the end zone, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh no. Hers <laughs> could be just like your worst nightmare. <laughs> the short, he catches it and returns it 110 yards for a touchdown. And the game was <laughs> – game. I was like, oh, my goodness. We, yeah. And he, I, I, and he ran right past me on the sidelines. I literally like – it's like one of those moments where you're like, all right, should I stick my foot out? You know, <laughs> Trip like, him a little bit. <laughs> it's like, it's like – Oh my goodness! And, there, and off he went, you know. So uh, I know it was like your worst nightmare coming true. It, yeah, and it's crazy because we've been talking so much about it as he was as we were heading to seeing who was making the Hall of Fame this season, and he has twenty non-offensive touchdowns. One of them being that that kick six, and then obviously between punt returns and kick returns. But he was just one of those players and and a part of a game when you know sometimes during that punt people that's when you go get your snacks and refill your beer in the kitchen. And when Jevin Hester was on the field, you did not want to leave. You wanted to make sure to see if he was going to run one back again. And I think that's just a, a big indicator of why he should be in the Hall of Fame because when you talk about a uh, return game in the NFL, he's going to be one of the, if not the guy that people talk about when they're talking about that specific part of the game. Uh, Coach, one more for you but before I let you go. Um, so tell it we were talking about the UFL when does this? When does your season kick off? And I know you mentioned multiple ways to watch, but uh, repeat those. How do we watch? And how are you feeling about your team this season? How's it looking? Uh, our opening weekend is March 30th and 31st. Okay. Um, you can find us on Fox, FS1, ABC, ESPN, um, and I'm, I think there's, yeah, those are the four. Those are the four stations that we're going to be on, and and uh, so it's it's every game's on national television, and so. You know, it, our league is about opportunity, yeah. and, and our our country, in my opinion, is better off when there's more jobs in football for everybody. And I'm talking not just players; I'm talking coaches, officials, announcers, yeah. you know, everybody. When the, the we're, it's everyone loves football, and it's better when there's when there's good quality football on for everybody. You know, and, and our season's kind of in that lull where you're, you know, there's not a lot going on, and and so. Um, you know, it's a great time to to tune in and watch a great product and 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 watch these guys flying around. Yeah, I, we're only a week out from not having football, and I already miss football, so I'm ready ready for another league. Um, but again, thanks so much, Coach, for hopping on with me. I really appreciate it. I know uh, Bears have a lot of decisions to make, and having someone who's kind of been around Justin and saw the beginning of his time in the NFL was really nice chatting with you. Uh, it's great being with you. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Good luck this season, Coach. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye.
All right. Thanks so much to Coach John Filippo Again, um, I just wanted to get some of the insights, and I know he hasn't been around Justin since his rookie season, so what he has been able to see, he's not going to be able to be in-depth about his development, but he gave a lot of good things on what they are looking for and what decisions they have to make this offseason, which I feel like everyone makes it seem like it's Justin versus Caleb. It's not. It goes way beyond that. Um, the, the Bears, they want – to win, just like we want to watch winning product. And um, some of the reports that came out, like I said, it, it was just kind of interesting because I had never heard anything uh, about Justin being that type of person in the locker room. And it sounds like Coach Filippo didn't see anything either. Um, it doesn't mean it wasn't the case. It doesn't mean that maybe there wasn't some things going on. But it, it seems like he took to um, his role in being the backup quarterback and it just ended up getting thrown into a situation where it, it was a little sooner than they thought they needed to. And uh, maybe that uh, stirred some things up a little bit, but uh, because obviously he ended up keeping other than his injury, he kind of ended up just keeping that job. And so I'm sure there's situations where that uh, can, can affect some relationships when it comes to that quarterback room. But thanks coach for hopping on with me again. This is making monsters and uh, I, we will continue on the next few weeks. Uh, we will have the combine coming up in a couple weeks, so that'll be fun. We'll have plenty to chat about there, then free agency right after that, and then we're pretty much into draft month. So uh, I also just got a report on Twitter that the Bears have announced that they will they should have a decision on what they're doing with quarterback by next week. So that just stressed me out a little bit. Um we will see. It's going to be interesting. We're either riding with Justin Fields or we're hitting the reset button again in Chicago. Um, so we will see. Uh, but again, thanks everybody for listening. This is Making Monsters and Taylor Doll.